When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, College Across fans? You're watching episode 237 of the Lax Factor podcast. I am your host, Ted Hoost, the hardest working man in lacrosse podcasting. And today we are going to preview almost all of the games uh, that are being played this weekend, starting with Friday's games, and then we'll get into a couple of Sunday's games. I'm going to, I'll probably go through every, every week I'll cover at least everybody who's playing in the top 20. And then that way we'll end up covering a lot of the mid-level and lower level teams as well. But you know, there's a couple of games I just don't know enough about, and I'm not going to get into them. Uh, As always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share the crap out of the podcast with all your friends. That is all I ask really. Uh, But if you'd also like to, you can go to laxfactor.com, support us by buying podcast related swag you can watch all of our videos there we put a blog post up to go along with every single episode that includes all my notes and all that crap and you can get regular t-shirts as well i digress let us dive into this the first game i want to talk about today obviously i'm a huge homer i'm going to be fair i'm always going to talk about everybody but if there is some syracuse to be talked about i'm going to want to talk about syracuse so we'll talk about U Albany at Syracuse, the last meeting between these two teams, a very sad day in 2022 where Syracuse lost to Albany on the road at Albany the first time they played them there, 14 to 12. Even I beat U Albany on the road in 1996 while playing for Cuca when Albany was a D2 team still. We even won in Albany. Syracuse could not pull that off. And uh this matchup I think this season's a tough one is it's a tough one to read especially after Syracuse played Vermont uh, so close this past weekend. Now, on one hand, Vegas has Syracuse as a six and a half point favorite in this game. That actually surprised me when I saw that. I, I thought that was a little bit steep after that Vermont outcome, but I figure that's probably close to right. You know, I think legitimately this could end up being, you know, somewhere in the area of a four to six goal game, depending on how things swing. Albany brings back Graydon Hogg last year's leading scorer, 26 and 12 uh, a season ago. They lost their sniper, Corey Yunker, but they get back three guys that all put up 20 plus points from a year ago Jack Pucci, uh, Amos Whitcomb, and Camden Hay. All very good lacrosse players. Now, they stunk in cage last year, and they lost a couple of starters on the defensive side of the field. So I'm not really sure how Albany is going to look overall. I have heard that their goalie situation is improved, uh, although I don't know who it's going to be that's starting. Uh, that should play well into Syracuse overall, having a little bit maybe more of an improved offensive flow in this one because I can't imagine Albany's goalie is going to stand on his head the same way that Vermont, uh, Vermont's goalie Schaefer did. Um, and then also, I can't imagine we're going to see another game with Joey Spelina shooting one of 15. I don't think where he's going to have another stretch all season where he takes 15 shots and only scores one of them. I just don't think it's going to happen, meaning I think you're going to see a more effective Syracuse offense on Friday against the Danes, mixed with the fact that Albany beat Syracuse a year ago. So a lot of these guys are going to be out for revenge. And, uh, it, you know, I think that 
the, the Syracuse win could end up getting some wings maybe because of the revenge aspect of it. They're back in the dome and Spalina himself is going to want to kind of silence all the haters who have been chirping him for his rough shooting day. Uh, the Syracuse midfield, they put up eight points to the Syracuse attacks, four points in that game against Vermont. I predict the attack unit will be clicking in that, in this second contest overall. And if both units play well, you could end up seeing a six to eight goal win for Syracuse. Now, if Syracuse continues to struggle to find offensive rhythm, Albany could make a game of this and bring it right down to the wire, but I am going to predict Syracuse is going to win by four to six goals in this contest. Next up, North Carolina uh, hosting Mercer. It's going to be Mercer at number 19, North Carolina. Uh, these guys last met in 2021. UNC won 16 to 8 at home. Mercer got beat up by Bucknell really badly on Saturday, and I would wager to bet that UNC is probably a better team overall than the Bison, although Bucknell looked really good on Saturday against Mercer. That means things are probably going to get ugly for Mercer, I, I'm guessing, against the Heels. I'm thinking we're going to be looking at you know somewhere in the area of an 8-plus goal spread by the half. Might even hit 12-plus goals by the end of the game. I don't think UNC is necessarily going to come out and beat them in the same manner that Bucknell did, partly just because I don't think they're going to have to, not because I don't think they can. I think they absolutely could. I just think you might not see them come out and do that or try to do that, or maybe they'll go up you know, by a margin early and then call the dogs off or whatnot. Uh, it's the first contest for UNC at home. They're going to get to stretch their legs, uh, get off some offensive reps with this kind of new offense, a couple of transfers that are going to have to play important roles before they face Hopkins the following Tuesday. I think Carolina is going to waltz their way to victory. I'm picking Carolina by a margin as much as 13 to 16 goals overall. And I'm going to start putting these in writing every weekend, the games that I predict. Any game that I talk about here uh, and put in the blog post, I'm actually going to predict, and I'll put the predictions there. So from now on, we can keep a running total. I was 8-3 and three with my predictions last week, so we'll see how I do this week. It's easy to predict, and I've had a couple of bad upsets, and I picked uh, Detroit Mercy to beat VMI. Uh, and that didn't happen, and then I lost the Jacksonville-Utah game. But I'm actually going to start putting them in writing. I'm going to pick the winner, and that's all I really care about. But I'm going to try to pick margins of victory as well because I think that might help me a little bit more if I'm thinking about it on Wednesday for Friday's betting show when I'm actually taking bets. Uh, so next up, we're going to dive into Saturday's games. And I'll do these in order of ranking, You know, starting with the highest-ranked team all the way down in terms of who's playing. So the first game... I'm going to talk about here is going to be Michigan at number one, Virginia of all the years for Michigan to actually listen to me and to finally beef up their schedule. They chose this season to do it. Now I love their roster. I'm a big fan of Zawada. He put up 43 goals and 34 assists last year, Michael Bohm, 33 and 30, but they bring back every guy that started offensively overall. Michigan does Ryan Cohen, 53 points, Jake Bonomi, 30 points, Aiden Mulholland, 25 points, Isaac, uh, Isaac, Aronson, 19 points. All these guys are back. Michigan's going to look good offensively. They get Andrew Darby back on defense, which a bunch with a bunch of other starters. Keeper Shane Carr is also back. He stopped the ball at a 53.6% clip a year ago. So there's lots to be excited overall if you're a Michigan fan and a Michigan supporter. The problem is their out-of-conference schedule includes number one, Virginia, number five, Notre Dame, number 12, Delaware, number 13, Harvard. In conference, they're going to have to face number two, Maryland, number nine, Rutgers, and number 11, Ohio State. That is a brutal schedule. Seven of 12 
of their opponents that they face are in the top 13 teams in the country. That's a huge improvement in terms of strength of schedule compared to previous seasons, uh, but it's also going to be tough for them to pull out a bunch of wins in, in those non-conference games. Now, I've talked about Virginia already a ton, so I'm going to save you all on that front. You've heard me talk about Virginia as part of the, the preseason poll, and I did a full Next Up preview on them. Virginia is going to win this game. I don't think that it's necessarily going to be all that close. I, I think we might be able to see – we might end up seeing kind of a slow roll to a solid, mar- mar- solid margin of victory. Uh, so I I think we're looking at about a seven-plus goal spread here for UVA. My prediction, Virginia wins by seven to nine goals is what I'm going to predict. Next game I want to talk about, number two, Maryland at num- uh, at Loyola, at number nothing. Loyola, last meeting, 2022, Maryland beat the crap out of them 20-8 to eight at home. Now, Loyola lost their top two scorers in Aiden Olmstead and Kevin Lindley. They also lost Ryan McNulty, their All-American LSM, and keeper Sam Schaefer. Schaefer, a solid keeper, just a little bit streaky here at times. Now, on the positive side, they bring back short stick D-mid Peyton Rizanka, close defender Matt Hughes to anchor a fairly vet- veteran-laden defense. Maryland waxed Loyola a season ago, and there's a very good chance that the Terps rinse and repeat. I don't think it's going to be necessarily a 20-8 to butt-whooping, like last year, but 18-8, to eight, you know, that doesn't seem like it would be out of the question. Offensively, Loyola is going to be leaning heavily on some guys that haven't had to be the guy yet, and they don't have anyone at the faceoff dot that has any chance, chance against Weirman. And I also don't like that Weirman had a semi-pedestrian game for him a weekend ago against Richmond, so I figure faceoff guys, they love revenge arcs, and they love to, to you know, get back uh, and bounce back after they have a rough game. So I predict that Weirman's going to have a great game, and Maryland's going to win this game by 8 to 10 goals when all is said and done. I don't think they'll necessarily get to 12, but I think they're going to put the hurt to a degree on Loyola, especially at the faceoff dot. Next game I want to talk about. It is number 3, Georgetown at John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, sorry. Last meeting, 2022, Georgetown won this game 16-8 to at home. Now, Hopkins impressed on Saturday against Jacksonville. The Jays used a third-quarter run to separate and take Jacksonville down 12-7. to Jax was playing without Max Waldbaum, and I still haven't heard what the deal was with that. i got to really try to dig, but I haven't figured anything out. But I'm not sure the score would have flipped that much, even if he was playing. Yes, Hopkins looked much better. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On defense, they look much better in cage, a lot better in cage than they've looked in years. The problem Georgetown is a completely different animal, even than the team that they put on the field a year ago. Every offensive starter Georgetown's going to put on the field probably scored 35 points a season ago. And I say probably uh, because I'm not 100% sure who all six offensive starters are going to be, but you can bet guys like Graham Bundy Jr., 
70 points last year. One of the best midfielders in the country. Tucker Dordovic for Syracuse played attack last year. I think he's going to be playing attack for Georgetown. 59 points a year ago. TJ Haley, 41 points. He did play for Georgetown. Declan McDermott played for Georgetown. 37 points a year ago. Nikki Solomon, 37 points for North Carolina last year. He transferred. Dylan Hess, 37 points for Georgetown last year. Jacob Kelly, 35 points for Carolina last year. All are going to factor heavily and, and, and they're going to kind of just test this uh, Hopkins defense all over the place all day long. Logan Callahan and Tyler Dunn, they split draws for Hopkins on Saturday. They combined to win 15-23. That was actually a huge deal in that Jacksonville game. Part of the reason why that spread was what it was was because Hopkins controlled faceoffs. They'll have their hands more than a bit full, though, with James Riley. He won 60.5% of his draws last year for the Hoyas. I, I suspect Hopkins will not see the same level of faceoff success that they had in the previous game against Jacksonville and that Georgetown's going to handle their business at the dot. Now, despite Hopkins' success in that opening weekend, I'm thinking that G-Town's going to get the better of the fellow nerds. It may not be an absolute massacre, but I can't imagine the outcome of the game is going to be in doubt. I think by the time the, the third quarter ends, Georgetown's going to have a comfortable enough lead, and then they're going to win this game by a comfortable 7-9 to nine goals. I predict Georgetown wins by 7 Two nine, and and that's not a knock against Hopkins. I've been pleased to see how well Hopkins, how good Hopkins looked on on that uh, previous weekend. I want to see teams like Syracuse and Hopkins bounce back and do battle in epic matchups. But you know, you know, it is what it is. Next game, I want to talk about number eight Duke at number eighteen Jacksonville. Last meeting, twenty twenty two, Jacksonville beat Duke fourteen to twelve in Durham, North Carolina. Jacksonville played three solid quarters against Hopkins on Saturday, and that third quarter cost them. It's the second season in a row they've opened up with a loss to the Blue Jays. So now Jacksonville's going to hope to repeat last season. They lost in a disappointing way to the Blue Jays to start the season. They now have Duke for the second season in a row in their second game. So can Jacksonville drop the Blue Devils again like they did last year after losing to Hopkins in 2022? Now, if I'm being honest, Jacksonville... A lot of people you're saying is Jackson. You're hearing them say Jacksonville. They're a bunch of pretenders. They had a good season last year. They're not necessarily going to repeat that success this year. And already we kind of saw a larger spread in that Hopkins game than what they lost to last year. So this Duke game is going to be a big deal for Jacksonville. And what they did well last year was they they had a couple of upsets against non-conference foes. They beat Denver. They beat Duke. They're going to have to do that again to be able to continue on uh, and be a ranked team and have the success they had last year. Case in point, I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. I think that, you know, luck, you know, you have your, your lucky runs and you have Cinderella seasons, and it's not that this team isn't necessarily as good as last year's team. It's just that the teams they're playing, you know, are a little bit better than they were last year as well. I think Duke's going to beat Jacksonville in Florida on Saturday. I don't necessarily think they're going to beat them by a large margin or anything like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I'm just saying things don't look great for Jacksonville after that loss to Hopkins. They got beat up at the faceoff dot, only winning 8 of 23 draws. Jake Naso of Duke played poorly against Nathan Cap in last season's matchup where they split 50-50. Once again, faceoff guys love revenge. They love those revenge arcs, uh, as they say. It's in their blood. And uh, I expect Naso is going to murder Cap this weekend, and the result is going to be some room for error by the fourth quarter and that Duke's going to get a comfortable win. I predict Duke 
by eight, six to eight goals. That's my prediction. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was more, honestly. Next game I am going to talk about here is going to be Rutgers hosting Stony Brook, number nine Rutgers. Stony Brook will travel uh, to play them. 2022 Rutgers won this game 17 to 16 on the road. So it was a solid game a year ago, but both teams have lost some guys. And I think that it's going to be felt a little bit more by Stony Brook than it's going to be felt by Rutgers. I think Stony Brook's going to be a solid mid-level team. More, you know, and, and more often than not lately, they've been finishing above 500, but Rutgers, a different animal these days. They've done a great job of attracting talent, developing that talent, and then stealing talent where needed when they lose guys uh, from the transfer portal, and this season was no different. Against Maris on Saturday, uh, Ross Scott, their leading scorer from a season ago, he only had three goals in the 20-8 to romp. The fact that Dante Coolis, a sophomore, was their leading scorer with five goals and three assists, that's a really good sign for that Rutgers. Rutgers offense, the fact that transfer keeper Kyle Mullen stopped 59% of shots, another very good sign. I'm not thinking Rutgers is going to trounce Stony Brook, not like they did Marist anyway last weekend. The Seawolves should be a decent draw, and they should be able to fight in a bunch of games this year. But I also don't think we're going to see a repeat of last season and only a one-goal game. So my prediction here, Rutgers by four to six goals overall. Oh, man, I'm, I'm ripping through these here. Next one. Number 11, Ohio State, hosting Cleveland State, once again in their beautiful new lacrosse facility. Ohio State won 17-9 in this one at home a year ago, and uh, this game isn't going to go well for Cleveland State, I don't think. The Buckeyes, they won by eight goals. I think they're going to hit 10 or more in this one this season. Jack Myers was an animal on Saturday, ripping up Air Force for four, four goals and five helpers. I don't think Cleveland wants or can handle that smoke and I think that my prediction is Ohio State's going to win this game by 9 to 11 goals. So uh, just a quick one there. I think it's going to be an easy easy win, obviously. The next one here, I think it's probably going to be another easy win. Number 12, Delaware at Lafayette. Now, Lafayette got beat up by Penn State on Saturday. And I think that Delaware is possibly a better all-around team than Penn State. I don't think Lafayette's going to be able to hang, and I think Delaware is going to be hyped up after sitting at home and watching the, their first opponent get beat up by Penn State. And uh, also, Delaware, they're going to be excited to play someone other than themselves and have game tape. You know, they're going to be able to watch the tape against Penn State. They're going to be able to just kind of pick and choose their battles, figure out who they're going to attack. I don't think they're going to over game plan for this Lafayette team. I think they're just going to try to come out and do what they do, which is play really brutal, physical, get out there and contest everybody type defense mixed with run and gun and score dope goals and, uh, you know, try to press everything they can on offense. I think they're probably going to beat up on Lafayette uh, outcome. You know, I think we'll see 18 plus goals probably scored by Delaware in this one. I think, you know, I think they, once again, they could probably score 20, 21, 22, same way Penn state did. I'm just not sure they will uh, just because they might not need to, but prediction Delaware by 10 to 12 in this one. I think Delaware is going to beat them up overall. Lafayette's going to have a rough, potentially a rough year. Next one. This is a very important game to me because, once again, it touches on my Syracuse team a little bit and some predictions I made about Boston U. It's number 14, Boston U, at Vermont. 2019, these teams played. Boston U won 12-4 to at home. And I thought it was odd that that was the last time these teams played, or at least that's what it looked like to me. I feel like these guys just probably play each other every year. 
after Vermont and Syracuse played to a close finish over the weekend, I'm more than curious to see how this game plays out for two reasons. One, I want to see if my hyping up Boston U and their attack unit is warranted. I want to see if it makes me look smart. Uh, two, I want to kind of see how Vermont does against a team that's supposed to be really good uh, with Boston U to try to see what kind of read that gives me both for Vermont because I picked them to win the America East, but also because Syracuse played Vermont and a, a good game, a close game here maybe indicates that that seven to five outing that Syracuse had against Vermont, maybe not as bad as it looked because a lot of us Syracuse fans and a lot of people in general were expecting for Syracuse to maybe win that by four to six goals. And it ended up being a two goal battle. Uh, so, you know, and like I said, too, I picked Vermont to win the America East. So I just want to make sure that Vermont has a good showing in this game, but Boston U wins. That would make me look as smart as possible. Syracuse's attack struggled against Vermont's defense overall, more specifically against Schaefer. So I, you know, I, the kicker here, Syracuse's three attackmen had never played a game together. BU's attackmen, uh, Dalto, Dialto, Lay, and Perfetto, they've been starting together for Boston U since 2020. So the three attackmen that Vermont's going to face this weekend have been playing together since they were kids, it would seem. And uh, I think that's going to, you know, not be very good for Vermont for their defense. I don't think it's going to work out for Schaefer. I don't think he's going to necessarily stand on his head the same way he did in the Dome because with these three guys, there is no pick your poison. All three of them are veterans. All three of them put up a boatload of points a season ago, and uh, I don't think they're going to struggle shooting in the same way that Syracuse did. They're not going to have to try to figure things out. They're not going to have to try to gel everybody for Boston. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. He was back. They got midfielders back. All three attackmen back. Uh, it's There is no picking your poison. All three of them are killers is what I have in my notes here. Despite that, I don't think Boston U is going to necessarily win this game by some huge margin. My prediction, Boston U wins somewhere in the area of three to five goals. If Boston U wins by more than that, I will be the first one to start worrying and thinking, okay, that's not a great sign for Vermont or Syracuse. If Boston U is that much better than both of them, at least in terms of you know how they match up in that three-way play. So we'll see. But Boston U by three to five, that is my prediction. Next one up, Sacred Heart at number 15, St. Joseph's. Uh, last meeting between these two, last season, St. Joseph's won 14-7 at home. Uh, the high-scoring quartet consisting of Levi Anderson, 64 points. Matt Bomber, 62 points. Carter Page, 56 points. Tucker Brown, 54 points. They're all back and ready to take the field against Sacred Heart on Saturday. Hawks keeper Robbie Seeley, he's back in cage after winning the NC NEC tournament MVP a year ago. And they also return a wealth of starters and stand tall on defense, you know, that are going to stand tall on defense in front of them. Moral of the story. This should be a very good and veteran-led group that St. Joseph's puts on the field. And Sacred Heart, they, I think they're going to be a better team than they were a year ago. They, had, they bring back the bulk of their scores. They bring back all but maybe one or two of, their, of the guys they had start on defense last year. Um, Morgan O'Reilly, one of the guys they bring back on offense, 39 points. Uh, but I still think overall they're young still, despite the fact they get so many guys back. They're less talented overall than St. Joe's as well. Vegas actually 
pick St. Joe's in this one at, at, at nine and a half. They have him pegged as a nine and a half goal favorite. I'm thinking that's probably right on the mark, not a line that I would probably take overall. They beat him 14 to seven a year ago. The teams that come back are, are look very much the same. Uh, so I'm thinking a 10 goal win is maybe a little bit too steep. I'm going uh, St. Joseph's by seven to nine goals is my prediction. More games. I know, guys, there's a boatload of games, and we're just mowing through them here. Air Force at number 17, Denver. Last meeting, 2022, Denver won 13-9 at home. Denver had an impressive showing here last weekend against Utah, getting scoring from all over their roster. J.J. Silstrop, two goals and a helper. Noah Manning, a goal and two assists. They paced the piles offensively. Alex Dethakis, he wins 13-20 draws, a handful of GBs. At the dot, goaltender Jack Thompson stopped nine of the 13 shots he faced. The entire Denver team showed up and played a really good game on Saturday. Now, I ate a big turd sandwich as this was my big upset pick, the Denver-Utah game, and Denver came out and beat up on Utah overall. I have absolutely no reason to believe that Air Force is going to, you know, come out and win this game. I think that Denver is going to win. Now, Air Force struggled a little bit against a very good Ohio State team, and they played them to a reasonable score. So I don't think Denver is necessarily going to come out and kick Air Force's dicks in. I just don't see that happening. But I do think that Denver is probably two to four goals better in this one, and that's my prediction. Denver by two to four goals in this one because I think Air Force is a little bit better maybe than Utah, or at least they had a pretty good showing against uh, Ohio State. So I feel like that this should probably end up being a little bit closer of a game. Next one, and this should be an excellent game as both of these teams were are just outside of being ranked in the preseason poll, and um, both of them were solid in 2022. Army won by a goal uh, in this game in 2020. Or no, in 2022, Army won by a goal. In 20, that was 2022. 2020, Army trounced them. 2019, another close game. 2018, Army beat them up. In this case, I think that UMass probably has more known quantities coming back, but Army is one of the best teams in the land at losing talent and then replacing that talent without falling too far off pace. You know, Navy and Army are both really good at just putting athletes on the field and have them play sound lacrosse just about every year. I think Army's only had one losing season since 2014. I think UMass has had multiple losing seasons since 2014, but only one losing season over the course of the last three or four. Now, I admittedly don't know much about either team outside of they've both been tough. Army has only had, like I said, one losing record since 2014. Uh, There's a part of me that thinks this actually could be the year UMass beats Army, and they could get a one or two goal win in this game, but I'm not going to bet against Army or Navy until they force me to. So my prediction, we have a close game, but Army is going to win by two to four goals before all is said and done, and I could eat crap on that one. Come the betting show, I may come back and say, hey, this is my pick. You know, I think not that it'd be a huge upset. I don't I don't remember what the line was. I'll figure it out. But this might be one of my upset picks, even though it wouldn't be a huge upset for UMass to come in and beat them. But uh, I think it should be a good game overall. Now we're going to de- dive into Sunday's games. And I'm just trying to stack wins here with some of my predictions. And like I said, you can chirp me for predicting easy games, but I'm trying to you know, talk about the teams that people really want me to talk about. And early on when teams are playing the crap parts of their schedule, I'm going to get really good. Believe me, once we get into conference play, I'll start evening up and I'll start doing really bad. Um, So Holy Cross Syracuse uh, last year, Cuse won 28-5 at the Dome. 
this game got all the Cuse fans excited because Cuse came out, new look team. They beat the ever living crap out of Holy Cross. Holy shit, we're going to be awesome. And we thought that right up until we lose to freaking Albany and then our hearts were torn out and we all cried. But prediction in this one, Cuse is going to win by 13 to 15. I don't I don't think we're going to see him beat him 28 to 5 again, but I think that they'll put a put a good hurt on him and beat him by 13 to 15 goals. And then the last game not technically it's not the last game I'm going to talk about, but uh, yeah, it's going to be because I'm not even going to talk about the one that was up there. Uh, Penn State at Villanova is also the other Sunday game. Villanova won 13 to 12 on the road in this one last year. And this is kind of a 50-50 game in my in my opinion. I think they have uh, money line Penn State at one minus 135. And uh, Villanova's at minus 115, and I think Penn State's a one-and-a-half goal favorite overall. I, you know, Nova, they get back Matt Campbell, one of the best midfielders in the country, uh, but they do lose their second, third, and fourth leading scorers. All of them were graduate students. It was uh, Luke Keating, Brett Baskin, and J.P. Basile. But I like what the Wildcats bring back on defense, just losing a couple of key guys, but bringing back uh, numerous starters, including goalie Will Vuitton, who posted a 5-10 save percentage a season ago. Faceoffs, I think, are going to be the key in this contest. Justin Coppola. I assume he's taking draws for Nova. He won 58.5% a year ago. That's pretty good. Penn State's Hudson Bond won nearly 70% against Lafayette last weekend, but that's Lafayette. So I think this is going to come down to face-offs in terms of how this game goes overall. But my prediction is I like all the guys Penn State has back. You would think, hey, Penn State stunk last year. They didn't bring in all that many new guys, but they brought back a couple of guys from injury, a couple of transfers. So I think that this Penn State team, we got Chris Jordan, 4-2, and two, Trainer 5-1, and one, TJ Malone, 2-3, and three, Winkoff, 1-2, and two, tra- you know, Jack Trainer 1-2. and two. So, I mean, they've got a lot of talented guys on offense. It's going to be a much improved team, I think, from a year ago. Uh, my prediction, Penn State in a close game, though, I think they win by – one to three. Uh, like I said last week, I finished eight and three overall last week with my Wednesday picks. And uh, when I, you know, kind of ripped through and do all the previews, I, I won the Syracuse game, the Ohio State game, the Maryland game. Actually, I may have been nine and three. Rutgers, Mar- uh, let me see here. I counted Maryland twice because I'm an idiot. So I got the Syracuse, Ohio State, Rutgers, Maryland, Navy, Duke, Bucknell, Marquette games right. I got the Detroit Mercy game wrong, Jacksonville and Utah wrong. That's more games that I that I would have liked to have gotten wrong in week one. I wish I would have picked up either Jacksonville or Utah. I was really aiming to be, you know, eight, nine, and two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep, eight and three. That's what I was. So we'll see how I do this week. Uh, Come back Friday. I'll do the betting show. I'm going to talk about pretty much all the lines. I'll tell you the bets that I take, and I'm going to keep track and keep scoring myself through the season uh, for bets, too. I think I was somewhere close in bets too. I took way too many bets that first week because I took two waves of bets. I took bets when the lines first came out and then I took bets, you know, the day before I did the Friday show last week. So come back Friday morning. I'll do the betting show. That's just a quicker kind of 10 or 15 minute show. And then come back Sunday, second recap show. I think last weekend was technically week zero. And I think this week is technically week one. So we'll have week one recap. So Friday, the betting show, come back and watch that. Sunday, come back for the full recap show of all of the games that are played on Saturday. And uh, that's it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. You can hit up laxfactor.com to help support us that way. Buy some swag and all that good crap. Come back Friday. Come back Sunday, and Hoost is out. The Lax Factor Podcast.